Hi everyone and welcome to another Firms Consulting Podcast. Today we've got an interesting topic to discuss and that is resume formats. So if you're listening to this podcast, the odds are probably high that you belong to a school that uses a different recommended resume template than what we would use at Firms Consulting. What I'm going to talk you through is, it's not a summary but it is a type of discussion that I have with clients who don't want to use our recommended resume format and the logic that they introduce about why their resume format makes sense, right? So we use one resume format for every client, doesn't matter what school they went to. And I don't even care what school they went to. I'm not interested in how much money their school invests. I don't frankly care. And I'll tell you why I don't care in a second, right? So I'm not gonna, as I said, the thing that distinguishes firms consulting is that we don't just tell you to do something, we always explain why, right? It's not always our obligation to explain why, but if you're a client, we will explain why to you, right? If everyone else, well, I don't have enough time in the day to explain everything, but I do try my best, right? So, before we get into why we use the resume template we do, I'm going to explain to you why it is difficult to um, tell you what is an absolute good or bad resume. I can only tell you in relative terms. Let me explain this to you, right? And follow this because it's quite important. Have any of you heard of the Nissan Aztec? I believe the Nissan Aztec is quite possibly the ugliest SUV ever developed in the world. I mean, it is screechingly ugly. And I think a lot of people agree with me that it's the ugliest car ever made. Now, there are obviously some strong contenders for the ugliest car ever created, but the Nissan Aztec is a proud competitor in that category, right? Now, I want you to to think about any other car that is universally been panned. Think about any car that is universally regarded as being supremely ugly. Think about that for a second. Just think about it, right? Now I want you to think back to before the car came onto the market. So let's take the Nissan Aztec, for example, right? Whenever it was launched. Let's assume it was launched in 2011. I don't know when it was launched, but let's assume it was launched in 2011. So it takes about three or four years for a car to come onto the market, costing billions of dollars, right? So between 2008 to 2011, Nissan and their Brazilian CEO was working on this car. Enormous respect for the guy, right? I mean, he is a very good CEO. Some people may dislike him, I don't care. He's done a great job, right? Now he's got, he's spending billions and billions of dollars on this thing. He's got teams working on design, engineering, marketing, a ton of stuff, right? You know, regulations, emission standards, and so on, trying to do it legally, unlike VW, right? Now, Let's just focus on the designers, right? Highly paid guys, talking to the market, doing market research, doing focus groups, right? So clearly over those three years, they've done a lot of studies, spoken to a lot of people who convinced them, out of all their analysis, they came out thinking, you know what? There is a possibility that this design is going to work. And they probably had very good reasons, right? It looks, you know, boxy, geometric. Maybe they think geometric is the new shape for cars. People liked it. They thought it was cute. They thought it was unusual. Whatever the reason, whatever the point is, 
there were some very logical reasons to launch that design. It came to the market and it bombed. So when you tell me that, oh, there's some very logical reasons why I'm going to use this um, resume design, all I, you know, I'm forced to explain the story to every client so I'm putting into a podcast. For every design disaster that ever exists in the world, there's always been logical reasons. The fact that you have logical reasons doesn't mean your design makes sense. Right? Think about that for a second. It's a very important point, right? Design is subjective. It has and it always will be. What matters is not what you think. No one cares what you think. It matters what your target audience thinks. And if your target audience has a greater affinity with a certain design, then you go with that design, right? When you go for an interview, do you wear a suit or do you wear your pajamas? Okay, maybe some of you wear pajamas that look like suits, like the guy from uh, How I Met Your Mother, Barney, but most of us would wear suits. Like, why do you wear a suit? Because you want to fit in. You, you cloak yourself in the clothing of your target audience. Now, the majority of partners who are going to review your resume are going to be Harvard graduates, senior partners anyway. They're going to be some lots of Wharton, INSEAD, Kellogg people and so on, but there's going to be a ton of Harvard people there. And Harvard is going to be seeding that organization predominantly. So our philosophy is that the same way you wear a suit to a business interview and not a pajamas, why don't you use the same format for your resume that the majority of people would be comfortable seeing? It doesn't matter if you think this resume is great. It doesn't matter if your school thinks it's the greatest thing in the world. Who cares? They're not the target audience. You build your resume for the target audience. You can have the greatest reasons. I mean, all these guys from Palo Alto who go to Stanford always like to tell me about the design skills and how they built this to be, you know, so elegant. I always tell them, you know what, sure. But it's not about having the best design. It's about having the design that's best for your market. And it always happens that they get dinged. One of the firms is going to cut them because they didn't get their resume. Their resume wasn't good at bringing out the attributes. So when you're designing your resume, no one cares how many points you have about why it's the best format. No one cares. It could be the best format for your school. But your school, unless it is the majority school for seeding partners, don't follow it. I would even go as far as to say that if you're in Paris and you went to HEC, use the Harvard format for Paris. It's a universally known format for partners. I didn't go to Harvard. I know the format. I know how to read it. Because that's the format I'm comfortable with. Because the partner that trained me went to Harvard. I'm familiar with this style. And that's how everyone reads things, right? Remember, use a different format. It's going to take me a few seconds to familiarize myself with it. In fact, I'll be quite honest, I won't even familiarize myself with it. I'll probably just skim through it like it's, you know, baby poop in a diet plan. I need to throw it away as quickly as possible. So, when you're putting together your resume, don't write for yourself. Don't even try to justify it for yourself. Because you don't know what is needed. Your audience matters, and your audience is not the junior person who went to the same school as you, but the partner who will make the final decision. It's always about the final decision. If you just want to do well enough to pass the first round, great, do whatever you want. But if you want to get through and get the offer, write for your final audience. As always, if you have comments or questions, I'll be more than happy to respond as needed.